0: How's everybody today? All right. Pastor Joey and Ellen showed up today. People live right down the road and couldn't show up, and here's Joey and Ellen showing up from all the way in Athens, Georgia. Anyway, anyway, thank you all for coming today. Uh, can, I, can I reiterate the camp announcement? Gosh, camp's going to be incredible. If you're a young person in here, middle or high school student, you got to be there. I mean, seriously, you got to be there. Mom and dad, there ain't no reason why they can't. I mean, you can change your schedule. You can change everything. Don't we do that for our kids anyway? Might as well do it for camp. So that's going to be incredible. Today is the deadline, though, and you got to get signed up because I don't have enough leverage with these folks to extend the deadline. I try, but it ain't going to work. So today, today is the day. All right? All right? All right. Y'all like, I don't know if I want to say anything. All right, let's jump into the message, Genesis chapter 2. Verse 18. Come on, how many of y'all were here last week? How many of y'all were not here last week? You're like, why are you going to make me raise my hand? Yeah, yeah. It's good that you're here this week, that you didn't know what we were about to do today, but we're carrying on from where we left off last week. So Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 through 25, and then we're going to drop another verse right after that out of the book of Ecclesiastes. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to get real in here today. <laughs> you go to Ecclesiastes, it's like, what are we doing? All right. Genesis 2 verse 18 I hope y'all laughing for me and not at me (laughs) Genesis 2 now the Lord said the Lord God said it's not good or beneficial for the man to be alone (laughs) did you say that's right (laughs) can't even read the verse man It's not good or beneficial for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper, one who balances him, a counterpart for who is suitable and complementary for him. Skip down to verse 21. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. Last week we talked about how men can sleep so well. It's a gift from the Lord. Can I hear an amen? Amen. 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 So don't, don't get mad at us for what the Lord gave us. I mean, I know. And while he slept, see, there's a a whole sermon right there. And while he slept, (laughs) well, I think the women would preach that at Sisterhood, so don't get too excited, bro. (laughs) And while he slept, he took one of his ribs. Now, this is the Lord taking his rib. It wasn't a man doing this. He took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made fashioned formed into a woman and he brought her and presented her to the man and then Adam said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and they shall be joined and he shall be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh and they shall shall become one that is so important and they say and they they shall become become one one. look at your neighbor and say one One. look at your other neighbor and say not two two. and definitely not more than two Ecclesiastes chapter 9 let's do it Ecclesiastes chapter 9 some of y'all about to see the verse that winds up on the wall In your house, it's at Hobby Lobby. It's the artwork from Hobby Lobby. You didn't know where the Bible reference was. But here it is. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. It says, two people are better than one. Because they get more done by working together. Say together. Together. Look at your spouse and tell them together. Together. Tell them we're better together. That was weak. That's why we're preaching on this. Because that was weak, okay? If one falls down, the other one can help him up. But it is bad for the person who is alone and falls because no one is there to help. If two lie down together, uh-oh, they will be warm. But a person alone will not be warm. An enemy might defeat one person, but two people together, say together. But two people together can defend themselves and a rope that is woven of three strings is hard to break. That's, that's your Hobby Lobby verse right there. A rope that is woven of three strings is hard to break. There's a lot of talking about joining and together. And today we're going to continue on with putting together the pieces. Let's pray. Jesus, we need you to do some good work in us our families for sure and our marriages for sure but even more importantly we need you to do some good work in us because we're all aware that there are things that we can do better there are things that we need to learn and there are things that we need to change and even though we've been to the school of hard knocks there are some things we still haven't learned yet because we need you you're the teacher you give revelation on things that we only have information on So today, I pray that you would make it come alive to us and help us to understand what family, what marriage is all about and help us to implement all of those things that we learn. I pray today against selfishness. I pray today, Father, against every agenda that we have built up for years and years thinking it's got to be this way or that way or my way or even the highway. God, I pray today that we will see your way for making marriage work. We will see your way for making family work. So today, Holy Spirit, I ask you to speak to every person, and I ask you to speak through me. God, use me to be a voice for you, representing you up here today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Have you ever put together, have have you ever tried to put together a puzzle before, and uh, you didn't have a picture of what it was supposed to look like? You just had a bunch of pieces. Maybe you lost the box and somebody's mama put the pieces in a Ziploc bag. You know what I'm talking about? And so it was just figure it out for yourself. Because sometimes you grow up in a house like that where they just, hey, if that happens to you, you learned a good lesson. Anybody know that household? Some of you are like, I don't like it. Well, we learn some things from it. And so if you've ever tried to put together a puzzle before without the picture, it is very difficult. And so what we try to do is we try to build the frame first. Y'all know what I'm talking about? If I can find the straight pieces, because those are like the simplest things. So if we can find all the corner pieces first, at least we know where we're going with this thing somewhat. But once we get to the middle, this is where it gets challenging. Because sometimes when you get to the middle, you start to discover that you got some broken pieces and some missing pieces. And if you're missing a couple of pieces, that will make that puzzle extra frustrating. You know what I'm talking about? For some of you, you remember the days of Legos. You remember the days of Legos. I should have brought some Legos up here. Now, most of you, you have PTSD when it comes to Legos because your kid left it on the ground and you stepped on it and you felt like you needed to call 911 and have like surgery or something. That's what it did to you. And I have found sometimes in the course of trying to build family, you you take a step and it feels like you need surgery. Amen. I see a lot of head nodding. Y'all are afraid to say, yeah, I don't know if y'all fighting at the house or what, but I'm going to help you today. Okay. I want you to imagine, though, in those conditions, trying to put together the puzzle with people who are complaining the whole entire time. Come on. Imagine doing that. You always want to put the corner pieces there. You always want to do this. It's like you always got to say something about what I always do. Am I right? Come on now. Uh, imagine doing it with someone who is controlling. <laughs> Some of you all like, I ain't doing that. Not me. I'll go watch TV. Imagine doing it with someone who is competitive. I put more pieces down than you did. You're a slacker. You don't do anything around here. Yeah. Come on. I mean, I'm using this as an example. And look, we had a guy one time that left the church and this is what he said. He left the church, he said, because it's just too real. I'm serious. That's what he told me. He said it's too real. And I I mean, if we're going to live it for real, we're going to preach it for real. Amen. And so uh, imagine doing it with someone who is just complacent and just sits there and does nothing. Y'all starting to feel it now. I'm stirring up some emotions in some of you that you didn't want. You said, Pastor, we just laid the heavy burden down, and now you're trying to get me to pick it back up again. So all these things are what we talked about last week. We talked about if you're trying to put this thing together and we're trying to build a family, but yet you got controlling people in the house or you got someone who is complaining all the time, it's going to be very, very difficult to put, put that, that puzzle together. And what winds up happening is instead of putting the pieces together, we wind up fighting, and instead of accomplishing something, we wind up quitting. Because we all know, I would rather it be quiet and not have to deal with all of this then try to go through all of that complaining, all of that control, all that stuff, and try to accomplish something. And this is why the state of most marriages in. because they're at each other the whole time that they're trying to put the pieces together. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. And you'll never get the puzzle put together that way. And as much as we want to talk about 15 steps to a happy marriage and a great family and everything, a lot of times we would assume that the issues is with everyone else in our house, and we overlook that it just may be us, and it's easier to deflect it on other people. Mm-hmm. See, when it's quiet in here, that's why I know we're doing work. <laughs> Am I right? Because y'all are quiet. Some of you amen people, you're quiet right now, and I ain't saying nothing, but goodness, the silence is speaking. So my prayer is this. This is my prayer going into this message today and for you. My prayer is that you will be so committed to your spouse, that you will be so committed to your family, because this message, it works for marriages, but it works for families as well. You will be so committed to it that you will not give up and quit because the conditions in your house may not always be suitable to your liking. Amen? Can I tell you, I'm, Cynthia and I have been married 26 years, and there's people in our house. And sometimes these people in my house can get on my nerves, man. And I'm well aware that this person in their house can get on their nerves, too. And see, they ain't amen, and I appreciate that. I'm aware of that. I'm aware that we are not perfect. I'm aware that we got things to work on. And the question is, what are we going to do with all the things we've got to work on? Are we just going to complain about it? Because that is a a state that we like to stay in, complain. And we call it communication. And this ain't in the notes, so we got to say it. We call it communication, but we're not really communicating because the other people do not want to hear it. I'm helping somebody right now in such a way you love this church right now (laughs) you do like I love that church and there are things that need to be said but listen guys part of communication isn't just what you're saying it's what people are hearing can I hear an amen right there because we're saying a lot or sometimes we're not saying anything and we're not even communicating this is going on, and people reach the point where they're like, I got enough of this. I mean, I can't handle it no more. We just do it your way. I'd rather do it your way and not have to hear it than to try to have a conversation and figure out our way. Am I right? Mm-hmm. And this is whether it's in marriage or if it's even with kids. So many parents have surrendered and just tell the kids, just do whatever you want, and I'm just going to support you. That's crazy. That ain't family. That's crazy. Amen? Your kids are going to mess you up. <laughs> You't need help. And you say, how did we get here? You let them. So today as we're looking at this, this is the thought that I had. and I wanted to get some illustrations because I was afraid you wasn't going to want to hear everything I had to say, but if you saw it, it would still stick with you. Most of the time when we're planning to uh, get married, We have the picture of the puzzle already figured out of what we want it to look like. And men have it one way. Women have it the other way. But we have this idea right here. I don't know if you can see it good. But it's like this cool looking guy in this like uniform that looks all sharp. And there's this lady who is obviously happily in love with him. And so we kind of have this picture that this is what it's going to look like. This is what it's going to be like. But how many of you have been married enough to know this ain't what it really looks like? You know what I'm saying? Because it winds up looking something like this. Am I right? Now, some of you are like, that is terrible, Pastor Wade. Why would you say that? And this isn't as negative as you think. Because it doesn't say keep out. It just says caution. Caution. And there's actually some good things in here, but there's some missing pieces, and there are some broken pieces, and we're just trying to piece this thing together. Am I right? That's all we're trying to do. We're trying to piece it together, but the problem is, you got a guy that this is what his life looks like, and you got a lady, and this is what her life looks like. Or maybe sometimes, never mind, never mind. Never mind. Let's not do that. So the, the anticipation of being married one day, the excitement of it. You remember all the things that you said you were going to do whenever you got, I can't wait to I get married because, man, we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And there you go, my friends. There's the picture. And then you get married, and it looks more like this. And what's crazy is this, and this is why i got to make sure I clarify what this picture is, because on the surface, it doesn't look good. But there are some good pieces underneath here that you cannot even see, because all you see is what is on the surface. All you see is the things that you're complaining about. All you see is the comments that you're making, whether you make them out loud or under your breath. Come on, because that's where a lot of talking's happening. Well, you can do that one more time. We see what's going to happen around here. Y'all know that little conversation you have with yourself? Because you could get away with it. If you say it out loud, you are not getting away with it. And that's why there's caution on here. But what I want you to see today is this, is that we're trying to put together a perfect picture with imperfect pieces. Remember, we talked about the broken pieces and the missing pieces. We're trying to factor all of that in and all of the frustration, just like putting together a puzzle. All of the frustration that you have when you can't find that piece, that one piece, it shows up in our families. It shows up in our marriages. It shows up and it's so frustrating because you just feel like if I had that one piece, everything would be complete. Am I right? If I just had that one piece. And so what do we do? We try to analyze. Analyze it. And that's what happens most of the time. We start analyzing problems. and No doubt, we got to work on some problems. But a lot of times, the problem isn't what we think the problem is. I want to say that again. A lot of times the problem isn't what we think the problem is. Because the way we interpret the problems is like this. If you would just, and then fill in the blank. Because we are convinced that is the problem. If you would just, and wherever you fill that blank with, we think that is the problem. And can I tell you, that ain't the problem. Better yet, that's not their problem. I know, man, I should have said all the good stuff first and got you in before. I should have talked more about the puzzle. Could have gave everyone a puzzle and let you work on it while I talk, and that way you could block me out when you didn't want to hear what I had to say. But think about it. So many times our attention is fixed on them when this stuff that we're dealing with came before them. It was always with us. In fact, before it was our problem in the marriage, it was our problem personally. Oh, but we don't factor that in because the nostalgia of getting married looks like this. But we're trying to accomplish this, and we don't even look like that. And so we think that I can take the pieces from this and the pieces from this and come up with this. Listen, you don't even have to be a therapist to know it don't work like that. But that is literally what we're trying to do. And it's so frustrating that that we don't get the outcome that we thought we were going to get because we just believe that if we got married, we would live happily ever after and our families were going to be excited. And here's the deal. You weren't even happy before you got married. And you thought if I marry them, I'm going to be happy. And now he ain't even happy and she ain't even happy. Ain't nobody happy. What are we doing, y'all? And then we just start throwing rocks. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. And what do we do? We just try to find the problems. When we find the problems. We can, we can find a solution. We just need to identify the problem. We can find a solution. But what we don't look for is possibilities. Because we're afraid, y'all. That's what it is. Can I just say that? We're afraid. We're afraid of it not working. Can I, can I just be honest enough to say that, that we're afraid that there may be something that we have to work on that we didn't expect that we would have to work on, right? There may, there, there may be some things that we needed to work on long before we got married, but we covered it up with all kinds of other things. And now that we're married, now that we're in a family, it's showing up everywhere, and that is so frustrating because that person begins to feel like I just, I'm just I, I, I'm just a problem to everybody. I'm the problem. It, it's amazing how we go from you're the problem all the way to the other side where it's just I'm the problem. Everybody just thinks I'm the problem. Well, maybe I will eliminate the problem and I'll just leave. And it's like that's not going to solve the problem. Here's what I need you to know today. That we've got to look for some possibilities and not just for problems. Because if all you ever look for is problems, you will become more of a critic of your family and your marriage than you will be someone who can help it. Seriously, I need y'all to hear that. We are better at becoming critics of our family and our marriages than we are someone who can build it because we're not looking at all for possibilities not looking at all. So what I need you to know today is this, that good marriages and families don't just happen. You need to write that down. They don't just happen. They are built. Good families, if you're getting married anytime soon, don't assume that it's just going to happen. It has to be built. That means there needs to be some intention. There needs to be some initiative. There needs to be some effort to make it happen because it doesn't just happen. It's just like that pile of laundry. It will never clean itself. Never. You can tell it all day. I believe in you. I love you. And it will just sit there and do nothing. Am I right? But until you put some effort... Amen. Yeah. Here's the second thing I need you to know. God can make it work together. If you are willing to work together. God can make it work together if you're willing to wake to work together. And watch this now. This is what Satan wants to do. He wants to distract you. There will always be something else that you could do other than what you need to do. And you know how we know that? Because it's been happening all our life, not just in our marriage. It was happening before our marriage. Y'all remember when you had that homework assignment and you allowed yourself to go with the distraction and you didn't get it done and you made an F on that project? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Or am I just talking youth pastor talk now? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Your distraction kept you from doing what you needed to do. And as a result, look what happened nothing. So Satan wants to distract you. He wants to depress you and make you feel like it's not going to get any better. And again, I'm not just talking about marriages. I'm talking about families. He wants you to believe that it's not going to work. And he will do everything he can to divide you. And I just feel like as believers, we need to be aware of this. Amen? Like if you know there's a possibility of division, you usually would do something about it. Seriously. And ultimately, what he wants to do, though, is destroy it. He wants to destroy. And here's why. Because God has a purpose for your marriage. God has a purpose for your family. I know it sounds like a motivational talk, but what I need you to know, there is something that God will accomplish in the earth. There's something that God wants to do, and he needs someone in your family. He needs you in the context of your family in order to accomplish it on this earth. And Satan knows that. And so because of that, what he will try to do is destroy the possibility of you being able to do it. And he started on it in your childhood, and he magnifies it in your marriage. And it's been happening all your life to keep you from accomplishing something that God has ordained. Amen? Amen? So God has a purpose for your family. And I also need you to know God knows how to put together the pieces. And I got a verse for you. Romans eight twenty-eight. And we know that God causes everything to work together. Say everything. And how's he going to work it? Together. And when we're talking about everything, we ain't just talking about the pretty things. We're talking about everything. The broken things, he knows how to make it work together. The missing things, he knows how to make it work together. He causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So God is interested in helping you accomplish his purposes and even though we don't have it all together anybody in here that person i don't have it all together i know that with him he's going to help me get it together so i can accomplish the purposes even though i may have some broken pieces even though i may have some missing pieces he's able to provide he's able to heal he's able to make it work together if i am willing Willing, look at your neighbor and say, I'm willing, I'm willing. I'm going to give you four measurables, four measurables for your marriage. Again, this goes for your family as well. First one is this, is agreement. <coughs> agreement. And this is where you go from me to we. And this is a huge problem in families because a lot of times we know how to do me really good. Am I right? Right because we've been doing me for a long time. So to go from me to we is a big-time challenge. It don't matter who the person is. So we need some agreement. And I'll say it like this. You can't do business with someone unless you reach an agreement. And we got tons of disagreements in our house, and we can't even do business. And I'm just talking about normal running a family kind of business. Am I right? Because we can't find any places of agreement. Most of the fights in our marriages, in our families are over what? Disagreements. This is where it's coming from. We can't find agreement because most of the time it's all about me, how I like it, how I'm used to it, how I'm comfortable with it, how I envision it. And we're trying to go from me to we, but in order for us to do we, you need to see me do the way me likes it done. And if you just do it like me, then everyone's happy. No, we ain't. Can I say it like that? Because that's how we say it in a fight. No, we ain't. You don't use proper English whenever you fight. And if you do, what are you doing? You're fighting all wrong. In most disagreements, it's usually because of something we didn't know. I didn't know you felt that way. I tried to tell you. No, you didn't. I never heard you say that. Well, the other day, whenever I was just kind of down, I was trying to let you know, what well, you got to use words. Well, every time I use words, you get mad. <laughs> y'all, know, y'all know that little struggle? Yeah. Watch this. Disagreements can turn someone you were attracted to into someone who disgusts you. You can't. Keep disagreeing with them. You know what you say? I'm not going to do business with you anymore. This is for real. Matthew 18, 19 says it like this. I also tell you this. Jesus said this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. I know you, you read that as a prayer verse, but I look at that as a marriage verse. Because if two of you can agree here on earth concerning something, the Father can get in it. But if there's disagreement, the Father's like, I'm just waiting on y'all to agree on something. And I, can I say this? There's more agreement going on at home than what you're even aware of. There are things that you agree on. There are. But you're so busy fighting with all the disagreements, you can't even see the agreements that you do have. Here's a good example. Let's say you and your spouse or even your kids, whoever, y'all are just fighting. I mean, just going at it. It's disagreement on 10. You know what I'm saying? But today, you all decide, let's go eat pizza after church. You need to celebrate that. You need to praise the Lord. You need to write that down in your calendar and get excited because you and your spouse and even your kids found agreement. God can work in that place of agreement. But we don't think that matters because we got that big disagreement we had last night. We can't even see how that little agreement that we had today could go a long way. We don't see it. Because we're so fixed, so fixed on that big problem, we can't even see the little possibilities that are all over in the family. All over. We need agreement. What all do you have agreement on? You agreed to come to church today. That's a good thing, am I right? Like that's really good. You both agreed, yes, the kids need to go to summer camp. Let's sign them up today before the deadline. You agreed on that. That is awesome, am I right? right. That is a good agreement, but you don't think that counts because all you know is I'm mad at him because he don't help around this house and I'm mad at her because she's controlling. There is agreement happening and you can do business with people that you find agreement with. There is agreement going on. We just aren't looking for it. Here's the better question. Do you even have agreement with God? Because I know God speaks to people. You say, well, I don't know the voice of God. God is speaking to you. During this sermon, God is speaking to you. The problem is, we don't like doing it that way. And so we're like, God, I don't agree with that way of doing it. And God's like, well, this is the best way. Well, I don't agree with your way. You know that little tug of war you can wind up in for 15 years? <laughs> and it felt like 15 minutes. And next thing you know, you look at half of your life, you're like, wow, what have I been doing? Disagreement. God's way is the best way. And if we can come into agreement, we're going to see some things happen. Here's the second thing. you got agreement. What about some alignment? Alignment. These are measurables. Is there agreement in your house? There's a lot more than what you know. Alignment. This is a measurable. This is how we roll. Alignment. This is what we do. This is who we are. In the book of Amos, I know you don't, your favorite book to read ain't the book of Amos. I know that. But I found a verse in there for you, okay? Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? I want to do it this way. Well, I want to do it this way. How are you both going to get together? you got to agree. This is our way. I know that was yours. I know that was hers. But this is our way. And we're going to align with our way. Amen? Because if we don't, we're going to be divided. And that's not how we roll at this house. We are rolling together. Say together. Come on, i got to wake you up because you're getting all depressed and everything. We are rolling together. This is how we roll. The direction that we are going is from me to we. Let me say that again. The direction that we are going in everything is from me and my way to we and our way. Yes. That is the direction. You say, I don't have any direction for my life. I don't have any direction for my family. From me to we. From my way to our way. Amen? Yes. That's the direction that we are headed. And when you stop going in that direction, you can expect disagreements. And if this disagreements continue, you can expect another D word. Divorce. Yeah. And we're so much better than that. Yes. We are. Yes. Alignment. This is how we roll. One of the greatest tragedies in a marriage is when two people are together, but they are not united. They're together, but they're not united. United, and the foundation of a godly marriage isn't happiness, y'all. It's unity. Amen. It's unity, and unity. This is. It doesn't mean you're the same. It just means we're together. That's what it means, because sameness ain't gonna work. I'm telling you, you put two people who exactly alike together, they're gonna fight. They will. Even though they may be the same. The direction that we want to go is the direction called together. And can I tell you, that's not a destination. That's just how we roll. And like we've got to accept, like we got to say, this is how we are going to be. We're going to be aligned. We're doing this together because two are better than one. Amen? Amen. Two are better than one. So let me ask you this question. Where's your family headed? Where's your marriage headed? And most people don't even know this. But they can tell you where they're at. And I mean, they can tell you everything about everything. About everything. And you just say, where are you going? And they don't know. And then they say this, and I'm I'm helping you guys. Well, I know that I don't want it to be like this. So what do you want it to be like? I don't know. I just don't want it to be like that. I don't want it to be like what I saw growing up. This is the stuff that that is said by so many people in these situations. They know what they don't want it to look like, but they have no clue what they really want it to look like. And that's why we're so much better at troubleshooting and, and trying to solve the problem than we are with vision. Because we know what it doesn't need to look like because of what it, the feelings that it creates. But we have never stopped to think, well, what do I want it to really look like? And I asked you that question today. What do you want your family to look like? What do you want your marriage to look like? What do you want it to be? And you're like, I didn't know I can even think like that. You can think like that. We need to begin to think, God... What are the possibilities that you could take all of my pieces, my broken pieces, my good pieces, my missing pieces, and you could take her broken pieces, her missing pieces, and all her fine pieces and put it all together and come up with something amazing? Right. If you put it together, it could be amazing. Right. But apart, it won't be. You got to bring it together. That's the direction. But in order for us to figure out where we're going, are you even on the same page? And I'm not just talking about where you're going on your honeymoon or if you're going to buy that rental property or not. Do you Are you even on the same page when it comes to what love is? Seriously. Because what you define love is, is it the same as the other person in your house? I guarantee it. And if you sit down and say, I think this is what love is and jot it down and have them sit down and jot down what they think love is and look at it and be like, man, you think that's what love is? Yeah. And you think that's what love is? Yeah. And then you realize, wait a minute. If they think that's what love is and I think this is what love is, I'm trying to love her with my version of love. And she's trying to love me with her version of love. And we missing every time. Every time. You don't love me. Well, I'm loving you the way I know how to love. Well, you don't love I'm loving you the way I know how to love. We've got to get on the same page, and that's a conversation. That's what that is, a conversation. What about marriage? What is marriage? Ask a woman what marriage is. Ask your wife what is marriage, and she will define it. Ask the husband what marriage is, and he will define it, and try to find the places where it's the same. It may not be the same. Again, you're trying to take these pieces and these pieces and put it together. And so we're like, he's not a good husband. Well, she's not a good wife. But they're being exactly what their definition of marriage is. We just didn't know because we never talked about it. And so you always let me down every time. But according to him, this is what marriage is. According to her, this is what marriage is. And we're missing it because we're not going together. We never created our definition of love. We never created our definition of marriage. He's always had his. She's always had hers. And we're just trying to go in the same direction while we do our own thing. And it's not going to work. Alignment. If you have a vehicle and it's out of alignment, you are going to wear your vehicle out. And so many spouses are being worn out because they're not in alignment and bring kids into it. When mom and dad aren't aligned, the kids are going to feel it because they feel pulled this way and they feel pulled that way. And all we're setting up is division. That's what we're setting up. A measurable is alignment. What are we going to do? What is our definition? This is how we roll. Have you figured out your definition of love as a couple, as a family? Have you figured out your direction? Or is it just, I'm going this way, she's going that way? Proverbs 29:18, where there is no vision, the people what? Perish. Where there is no vision. And families are failing because they lack vision. That's what that's what's going on. There's no alignment. There's no agreement. We just we just got that picture: the knight in shining armor, the beautiful woman, and this is just gonna. No marriages don't just happen. Families don't just happen. They are built. Amen. Yeah. You got to build it. Here's the next one. Affection. Okay. Agreement. Alignment. Affection. And this is what affection says. I love you, I like you, I want you. I thought y'all were going to like that way better than you just did. I love you, I like you, I want you. I love you. I like you. I like you a lot. I want you. And you know what's scary? That ain't happening. It's I love you, and you know what I mean when I say I love you. I don't even like you right now. And we've said that. Come on. Have we ever said that in our marriages before? I don't even like you right now. You got to that fight, that disagreement, where it lets you start saying stuff like that? I don't even like you right now. And there's a lot of people, they love each other because they have to. But they don't like each other. And they're trying to live under the same roof, share the same room, same bed, same bank account. And then the I want you part. I was was debating whether I was going to say this because there are younger people in here, but I'm going to say it. It's sad whenever there are more people who aren't married that have better affection than people who are married. And a lot of that stuff before marriage is sin. And the affection is better before marriage than it is in marriage. Where there's more intimacy outside of marriage than there is in the marriage. Amen? Amen. Oh, I love you. But I don't know if I like you. (laughs) And I don't want you. But yet we're trying to build this happy family where we love each other. And we have vision, and we're going in the same direction. Your marriage needs affection in order for it to be healthy. Your family needs affection. They do. You say, well, I'm not an affectionate person, Pastor Wade. I don't like people to touch me, and I don't like touching people. Well, okay. It's time for you to become that because you decided you were getting married, and you were going to be a dad or a mom or whatever. You have to do it. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Amen? And all the affectionate people are like, amen. And all the people who aren't affectionate are like, no, no, we are uniting. We don't like touch. Don't hug me at church. Don't look at me. Don't even talk to me. No, that's not going to work at the house. Can I just tell you it's not going to work? Well, I'm not good at talking to kids, so I ain't going to talk to them. What? That's, that's what people are saying. Affection. And I'm not just talking about physical, by the way. I'm talking about verbal affection, too. Yeah, hugs, kisses. When's the last time you and your spouse held hands? Look, I love going to mall with Cynthia. I do. I know malls ain't the thing anymore, but back in the day, mall was the thing. And Cynthia and I would go to the mall, and I loved holding our hand in the mall. And so every time we go to the mall, you know what I do. I got that hand. And it's not that little hand holding like this, you know what I'm saying? It's that hand holding like this. It's like, it's like a seventh grader. You know what I'm saying? It's seventh grade hand holding. Like you, you, you want all of it, all of the contact. I love it, man. Take you to the mall just to get a cookie. Serious, we'll do it, man. Also, compliments, encouragement. Listen, if we're going to, if we, if, look, I know, you're not going to have a complaint-free household. I get it. I know. Because I will complain. Man, it's hot in here. Who fool with the thermostat? You know what I'm saying? But if we're going to complain, let's at least bring some balance and bring some encouragement, too. Yes. Son, I encourage you to drop that, that temp in this house. <laughs> 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 no, but man, listen, listen. What I'm saying is this we've got to have some affection we've got to we've got to have some affection and if we're at the place listen I'll say it like this if the temperature of our house has gotten to don't touch me we got some work to do and you cannot just say that's your personality because when you were dating you couldn't keep your hands off of her and she couldn't keep her hands off of you Come on, I'm going to clap for myself right there, because that's better preaching than y'all are listening, and we got to hear this stuff. I'm telling you, man, there needs to be some affection in our households. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, let's move on, because we're going to have to do a whole series just on that. Okay. Next one is accomplishment. Accomplishment. This is what we do. This is what we do. And I'll just ask it like this. Like, What is your mission for your family? Because if you don't have a mission, this is what will happen. You'll just live for activities. That's it. It will be all about your activities. And you won't have purpose. And you'll need another activity for every age and stage of your marriage and your kids. You'll always need an activity to unite. Can I say that? You will always need an activity to give us some sense of family. Can I tell you, activities will not sustain you. It will not sustain you. You've got to have some purpose. Yeah. Amen. And I'm talking kingdom of God kind of purpose. Because when your family has a kingdom purpose, it's different. Yes. Because now you got something called accountability. And people don't want accountability because they want to do whatever they want to do. And so they chase activity after activity after activity and don't even see that in the course of chasing activities, they're losing their families. And this stuff is happening at an alarming rate, y'all. It is happening at an alarming rate. And we've got to get back to purpose. We've got to get back to God's way of doing things and quit saying, well, God didn't say you had to do it like that. Listen, read the Bible and see the principles. There are principles that we've got to build our families with not opinions, and not just feelings. I know we got feelings. Acknowledge them, but there is a standard, and it's called the Word of God. And there are principles in the Word of God that hold us accountable to behaviors and hold us accountable to things that we know that we're supposed to do, and we can't continue to bend them and twist them for our liking. We must follow them. Two come together in agreeing. The Father. And perhaps we're not finding agreement with each other because we're not finding agreement with God. Not even doing what God wants. If you will build God's house, I promise you He will build yours. I'm telling you. I say it from personal experience. If you build God's house, He will build yours. So let's finish right here. And this is what... We need to do right now. This is where we go. Number one, we need to look in the mirror. Right here, we've got to look in the mirror. We gotta stop blaming the broken and the missing pieces. And watch this become the piece that we were supposed to be. That's what we gotta do. God, I gotta be who you want me to be. I can't change other people, but I can let God change me. Amen. And if your only prayer in your family is God change them, can I tell you, you're praying wrong. You're praying wrong. Because this is so skewed by problem solving that we can't even see the big picture that God sees. Let God deal with them. Amen? I know. I know. God, what do you need to change? And that's the question this begs. What do you need to change? Not them, because I know you've got a list. What do you need to change? Here's the second thing we need to do right now. We need to get some healing. We need to get some healing for the broken areas in our lives. And there are things that were broken in you before you ever got married. Before you were ever in the context of family. It was broken then. And you're coming in broken and thinking that the marriage is going to save you. And it's going to fix it. Marriage doesn't fix it, y'all. I know it sounds so disappointing, but marriage doesn't fix what's broken. Only God can fix it. And this is my advice. This is my recommendation. Get some help. Go to some counseling. And you say, well, we tried marriage counseling. Have you ever tried you counseling? So watch this. There's a lot of things that you have muscled through. In your life, because you had to. Am I right? And you're sitting there today and you say, I'm stronger for it. And I believe, because I had to muscle through some things as well. But it ain't just muscle that you need when you're broken. A lot of times it's a miracle that you need, y'all. But because we're so strong from it, we feel like that's all the redemption that we need. But the problem is our perspective came from something that was broken. This is good preaching right here. Our perspective came from what was broken, and we feel so good that we overcame it, and now we're stronger for it, that now where we should be humble, we're proud. And we're proud because of what we made it through, but pride, it comes before destruction. So yeah, you muscled through some things, but God needs to do a miracle in your life so that you don't destroy all the things that you made it through with our pride. Because we're that strong. Amen? Amen. So no doubt, pray, man. You know that. But have you ever considered counseling? Have you ever considered talking with someone? Have you ever Googled Marriage Resources Tallahassee? I know. Family Resources Tallahassee. There's a great organization called Live the Life. Walking couples through all kinds of things. and Helping them to get on the right foot. Have you ever thought of doing that? I know. I know. No, we don't need that. Really? Okay. She'll never go with me. He'll never go with me. Okay. Start somewhere, man. It may be you going by yourself. But at least you know you're getting the broken things and you heal. Am I right? Come on. You won't be able to solve the problem until you heal the heart. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to get. So what needs to be healed in you? What needs to be healed in your marriage? Here's number three. I gotta hurry. Take down the scoreboard. You need to do that right now. Take down the scoreboard. If you are keeping a record of the wrongs of the people in your family, I don't care if it's your spouse or your kids or if it's your parent, if you're keeping count of all the things that you're doing wrong, you are not loving people. That's 1 Corinthians 13, by the way, if you need a Bible reference. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Take the scoreboard down. Quit keeping track of what they do and what they don't do. Because the score is never going to be even. Never. But yet, what are we doing? I've tried six times and you never tried once. Let me know how that conversation is going to go when you have it, because I promise you, it's not going to end in agreement. But we do it. We're going to say it. I'm going to let you know. But we never reach agreement, guys. So we got to take the scoreboard down. And watch this. Instead of investigating in them, we need to start investing in them. Because you can, listen, if you want to find a problem with someone or something, you will find it if you keep looking. I'm serious. You want to find a problem with Emerge Church? Just keep looking. I'm serious. Just keep looking. You say, I can't believe you say it. If that is what you're looking for, it's amazing. You'll find it everywhere. If you go to a restaurant and you're looking for bad service, just go to a restaurant and you'll find it. Because as soon as they forget your lemon for your sweet tea, you're like, there it is. These people don't care about their customer. You'll find it. Here's what I am going to ask you, what do you need to forgive with that person, what do you need to forgive? We got to take the scoreboard down. Last thing, put things in order. Things don't work when they're not in order. It don't matter how much money you put in the Coke machine. If it's out of order, it's not going to work and our lives are out of order. God must be first, not your kids. Amen? If your kids are first in your life, it's out of order. I don't care what the name of the organization is. If your kids are first in your life, it's out of order. God must be first, and your spouse must be second. It must be. And if you're not doing it like that, you need to make the change right now. Because there are a lot of kids that are acting as CEOs in their family, and they are running the show. Seriously. And it's not going to be successful. Pursue God. Like, I'll give you an example. Thank God, praise Jesus, knock on wood, whatever you want to do. I'll tell you this. We've never had an issue with our kids going to church. Because we decided a long time ago, this is how we roll. And this didn't start when they were 14. It started when they were like 14 days old. (laughs) This is how we roll. This is what we do. And you're going to do it with us. This is, this is how we roll. Cynthia and I, date night, it wasn't just an idea. This is what we do. It's not like optional. This is what we do. We agreed on it. We aligned with it. We acted on it. We accomplished it. We just keep doing it over and over and over. This is how we roll. There are so many little things that you can have conversations about, find agreement, get this thing together that will begin to move you in the right direction. But as long as you're fixed on that one area of disagreement that you want to problem solve for the next 16 and a half years. I know I'm exaggerating, but I promise you it could go on for 16 and a half years. It's just going to keep going with the same stuff. But there are some places that you have some agreement. Come on. How many of y'all know you got some places in your, your family that there's some agreement? Maybe it's a kid with a parent and you just are at odds right now. There are some things you have agreement on. It, it, it may be fried chicken, biscuits, and gravy, but at least you got something to start with. Amen. Take mom and dad out to eat fried chicken, biscuits, and gravy. And while you're there, just say, hey, let's do better at family. Got to start somewhere. Amen. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today, you say, Pastor Wade, I want God to put together the pieces of my marriage. I want God to put together the pieces of my family. I want you to stand to your feet right now. I know, it's like, wait a minute, does this mean I have a problem? (laughs) No, this just means the direction that I want to go is God putting it together. God put it together baby, come stand up here with me. I know we got to go. This stuff was too important though. This week, some of you, you need to get on your computer and you need to Google live the life. You should. Because you get your family going, your life will change, man. I'm serious. Get your marriage going, man, your life will change. I just want to pray over y'all today. Lift your hands all across this room. Father, today we lift up every family that's standing, every marriage that's standing. They got all the different pieces that they're trying to work through, figure out and put together. And Father, we already know we're not perfect. But God, we see that you could do something. We know people that you took the broken pieces, the missing pieces, created something incredible. And God, that's our prayer. I said you would do something incredible in our families, in our marriages, with our children, with our parents. God, that the walls that have been built up that are separating couples, the divi- the division even between parents and children, Father, I pray today will be torn down. And I pray, God, that we will be able to come together, finding agreement. I pray, God, that we won't just have the, the, the vision to see what's wrong, but we will see the possibilities of what you can make right. And, Father, I thank you that you know how to deal with our hearts. You know how to work in our hearts. And, God, my prayer is that you will begin to speak to hearts. You will begin to heal hearts. But, God, we need wisdom to move forward, God. We need direction, and that direction we want is together. First and foremost, together with you, but together with each other. And so, Lord, today, Cynthia and I stand up here in agreement for every family out there, Father. Lord, that they will find agreement, that they will be able to come together so that you could do something in their family. God, I pray that you will begin to reveal vision, you will begin to reveal purpose, you will bring definition to their families and definition, God, to their marriage. God, you will help them heal of the things that have been broken. You will begin to mend the areas where there is distrust, God. You will begin to put it together like a miracle. And Father, I just pray now, Father, that everything that the enemy meant for evil, God, you will turn it around for good. Everything that was broken, you will turn it around and use it for redemption, God. Like you said. God, you cause all things to work together. The good things, the broken things, even the bad things we don't like to talk about. God, I pray that you will cause it all to work together. Father, I pray you move in the family. Bring restoration. God, bring healing and purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Why don't you stand to your feet, every one of us here today? Come on, do y'all believe that? Come on, man. I pray that you will take some steps with your family. Get the help that you need and allow God to do a healing work in you. Because I believe God can do it. And I believe this. I'm telling you, I believe your family, your marriage can be absolutely incredible. And I know you want to tell me, you don't know where we can. I'm telling you, your marriage can be absolutely incredible. God does that. God does that. Amen. Let's pray. we got to go. Jesus, thank you for this time together for worship, this time together for your word. Lord, as we walk out of those doors today, God, we want to be better. We want to be better at putting you first. We want to be better at putting things in order in our lives. And God, I just pray that your hand will be on us. Your blessing will be on us. God, you will, you will work not just in us, but through us. Let your church shine. Let them be blessed. Let your favor be upon them, God. In amen. Jesus' name, amen. 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 Love you guys. Hope you have an awesome week.